Good morning and welcome to the VSA Capital 5 Minute Morning Minor. It's uh, Wednesdays, February 16th. God, I nearly forgot what day it was. It's the middle of the week. It's hump day. Uh, morning, Ollie. How are you? Yep, very good. Thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, no, not bad. Although the weather is turning a little bit nasty, uh, a little bit drizzly this morning on the bike ride in. Don't right. Did you did you get drizzled this morning or not? A little bit, but not too bad. I feel like I've got away with it so far. Yeah, we are, of course, the office bikers. Um, anyway, let's turn to Marnie. Actually, too, why don't we kick off? Um, lithium carbonate prices in China are going ballistic again. They're sort of up at about $63,000, $64,000 per tonne. I mean, Ollie, this is, um, well, certainly it's about 10 times higher than it was 10 years ago when it, when it was below $6,000 a tonne. But I mean, it's also way off everybody's sort of forecast when you start looking at all these lithium mines. Well, I, I suspect you're using something nearer, I don't know, fifteen or twenty thousand dollars a ton. I mean, can this last and what the hell's going on? Um yeah, I think that's the, the the sort of those are the difficult questions. Um and I think there's a second part of it which is sort of why analysts are are still using lower prices um for, for the long term. Um near term there's a lot of momentum and I can't see um that certainly in the, in the next six months um prices are going to um start to fall because at the moment all of the new supply isn't due to come online until second half of this year at the earliest um expansions at oracle start at lithium americas um expansion at Pilbara and the start at Sigma Lithium. Those are sort of projects that are that are starting to come online, but obviously they're in relatively remote locations and getting plants commissioned and equipment delivered in this kind of supply chain environment to um, heart of South America is, is, is going to be pretty difficult. Um, so for those companies to meet their deadlines is is a challenge. Um, so I think you'll start to see some construction deadlines slip um, and that'll obviously impact ramp ups and supply demand forecasts, which will mean that for the time being, lithium prices will probably continue to uh, uh, stay high. Yeah, look, I think, I mean, you know, one of the issues that I see is that far too much lithium has gone into long duration energy storage which it shouldn't really be. It should be used for EVs only. Um, and long duration energy storage can use all sorts of other products. We obviously like vanadium, vanadium flow batteries. It's far more appropriate. Uh, and I think the industry needs to see a big switch in that direction. Uh, but I mean, also one final thing before we go on to the news, Ollie, whilst we're talking about lithium. I mean, you know, clearly, you know, the industry has been starved of investment for 10 years, but, you know, lithium is not as simple as oil where you just chuck it all in a refinery and come out with one product, is it? You know, basically a, a battery gigaplant needs pretty much one source of lithium, doesn't it? Because it's it's got impurities and things. You need to have a big resource with a lot of lifetime for it really to be viable. That, that's right, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the chemistry is key. And what often happens is that a company will produce um, a product with a certain level of impurities. It, it might be technically battery grade, but it won't be quite as high as um, the final end user 
needs and they will actually just go and reprocess it to get it up to um, spec. So the the less reprocessing and sort of homogenizing that you can do, the, the better. Um, and that obviously has an impact on on the revenues that lithium companies receive. Okay, so a smaller lithium mine could just be, will require additional processing to uh, actually be used. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, I mean, going back to where we started, why analysts are using, you know, sort of fifteen thousand or, or around that mark as a as a long term price. That the way that you do commodity price forecasting is you take the cost curve and you apply. A sort of 15% increase to the marginal cost at that time. Now, obviously, if you use the current cost curve, every single project is going to look fantastic, regardless of um, its position on the cost curve at the moment, because that only goes up to about sort of eleven, twelve thousand dollars a ton for carbonate. Um, so one or two things has got to change over the next 10, 15 years. Either that cost curve is going to inflate or prices are going to come down. It'll probably be somewhere between the two. I think that the, the key things that you're going to have to look out for um, for costs are are the cost of reagents. Um, it's going to the growth of the lithium market is going to put a huge amount of pressure on uh, things like sulfuric acid. Um, and an energy as well, um, which these projects are quite sensitive to. So, is all the projects that are projecting four and a half thousand dollars a ton going to be there in in ten years' time? Probably not. Look, obviously, it's a huge discussion. Look, if anybody's got further questions they want on the lithium market, then feel free to contact us directly. We better move on though, Ollie. Particularly, as actually put a research out today on Sierra Madre. Uh, so you better explain or give us the highlights of that, please. Uh, yes, yeah, so Sierra Madre is a um, gold and silver company in Mexico. We actually launched coverage this week, uh, just after the start of their phase two drilling program in uh, at their initial project, um, Tepic. Um, this is these are some assays from their second project, La Tigra, which they acquired last year, um, also in the Nayarit state of Mexico. Um, and they're following the exploration plan, which has proven successful for the management team before. So um, these are assays from some from some surface trenching along the structural corridor that they've identified. So um, 11 meters at a ground ton gold from 3.8 meters depth and 12 meters at 2.85 ground ton gold from four and a half meters. Um, so for surface results um, taken from trenches, these are pretty strong. And I think the, the, the key thing here is that they're expanding the mineralized footprint along the three kilometer structural corridor um, that they've identified, which includes the a pass producing mine which they've now started to gain access to and the combination of this surface exploration work with um, access to the underground you can start to link up veins that you can see at the surface from underground and that's all being put together into a model so um, a lot of exploration work happening 
a lot of news flow to come over the next few months. So this is a company we're a fan of. Yeah, look, and if anybody uh, wants uh, the research note uh, or more information on this company, then again, please do contact us directly. Um, very quickly, I, I don't think there's much news out there, but anything you want to mention, Ollie? Uh, just some interim results from Pan-Africa, and I'll, I'll cover them as quickly as I can, but uh, they look very strong. Uh, gold output up 10% year on year to 109,000 ounces, so they've increased their guidance to 200,000 ounces for the for the year. That does imply a slightly weaker H2, but um, overall positive. AISC down 6% to $1,173 an ounce. Um, that's in line with their target of $1,200. Um, given that operating cash flow in the period's up 54% to $43 million. Um, they're deleveraging debt down to $24 million and a record RAND uh, dividend. But obviously, with the currency conversion, I don't think it's record in, uh, in, in dollar terms, um, but all very positive. Okay, great. Well, actually, an interesting discussion today anyway, so but uh, let's uh, call it a day there. Thanks, Ollie. Speak to you soon. Cheers.